So I'm here with the fastest growing entertainment platform CEO, Maz Shake. Two million subscribers in 19 countries. Has things like Billions, The Office, Big Bang Theory, Wall Street, and even uh, Peppa Pig. Wow. <laughs> yes, we do. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much for coming. Thank you, Lewis. Thank you for having me. Okay. It's a pleasure. So we were actually going to speak last week, and you said, Lewis, I can't speak, I can't speak. <laughs> Uh, and there was some big news that come out about Stars Play. Before we go into that, there's people who are watching this that don't actually know what Stars Play is. So if you could give anyone watching this a bit of a background of what Stars Play is. Sure. So we are a video streaming service yeah. uh, based in UAE, headquartered in UAE. And uh, we launched our service uh, in 2015. So it's been almost seven years. Um, we started with the focus on, on Hollywood content, yeah. um, you know, seven years ago. And then since then, we've expanded into Arabic content. We are producing our own originals. We, we carry Turkish content, anime, kids content. And then more recently, we entered uh, into live sports. Okay. So we've been expanding the content offering. But, but yes, like you said, we're one of the, the top uh, streaming services in the Middle East now. So seven years have passed. I remember going past where was I think it's the Mina Siahi. You had a board there, and I remember seeing that board. And your boards have been around everywhere. Seven years have gone by. You recently had some major investment news. What was that investment news that happened in the last couple of weeks? Sure. So uh, over 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 the last seven years, uh, Lewis, we've done uh, we've done three rounds of funding. Okay. Um, and uh, and the last round of funding was about two years ago. Yeah. And then uh, last week, what we announced is uh, a, a shareholding change. So uh, a new uh, party took uh, majority control. Uh, they took 57% uh, stake in our in our business. And, and the new um, shareholder is basically a consortium of uh, E-End, formerly Atisalat, yep. right? Uh, Atisalat Group and uh, ADQ, which is, uh, which is Abu, Dhabi. Uh, Abu Dhabi holding company. Okay. So I've got to ask the question, $420 million valuation. That's $420 million that I'd shake your hand first, because that's massive. <laughs> thank you, Lee. That is amazing. You've got big hands. Yeah, thank you very much. Thank you. Um, so $420 million, I just need to get into this a little bit. I know there's only so much you can tell us, okay? But yeah. how does that even come about? Do, do, do they knock on your door? How do you get, because this is what people want to run a business. Yeah. I run a business, I class it quite successful, not $420 million yeah. successful. How do you get to that level and what have you done? Is it through rounds of investment? Is it through growth? How do they value it? Tell us a little bit about that because I'm, I'm genuinely interested. <laughs> sure. Well, it's not, uh, you know, too dissimilar to what, you know, your journey probably has been and what, uh, what other projects are like. You know, a journey of thousand steps starts with, you know, step one. Step and one, yeah, of course. and so, so when we first launched, uh, we were fortunate enough to get... At the Salad and eVision, which is their services on the start. Uh, when we first launched the service, we were able to get them as uh, one of our first uh, commercial partners. Okay. Um, so they began to carry our service on on their set top boxes in in the eLife set top boxes in their homes. That's a question by that. Sure. Did you have to pay them to do that? Like, is it? Is it? Do you have to say, look, I'm not? Because obviously, when you're a new business, you start yeah. play. How does that work? No, we didn't have to pay them. Uh, we were we were giving a, a product yeah. that uh, that their consumers needed, and uh, because what was happening was people were paying say seventy eighty dollars, three hundred dirhams a month, 
for a pay television package, right? And we came in and we said, hey, we give you similar content, but we do it for, you know, 40 dirhams a month. Yeah. And so, so, um, so they wanted to carry our product. Uh, and so where we were making the investment is, is on the content side, licensing right. the shows and, and the movies you want to watch, creating a product, and then making it available to uh, Atisalat and, uh, and other telecom operators in the region. So we didn't have to pay them. But there is a revenue share yeah. uh, on success basis. So for every customer that comes in, we share revenue with them. Okay. So we're there. We've launched it. I've got one yeah. question. And anyone that watches Netflix and has any interest in this business is going to want to know this. I always think about this. So you know when you launch a movie. So right. let's say I see on yours you've got Wolf of Wall Street. Right. Do you have to pay someone to put Wolf of Wall Street on your platform? Absolutely. Is that how it works? Yeah, absolutely. So, so what happens is there, there's um, the industry has what uh, what people in the industry call major studios. Mm-hmm. So these are the Disney, the Fox, the the Warner, Sony, Universal, Paramount, CBS, Lionsgate, Lionsgate, uh, and and uh, all the major studios. So between these studios, they control about ninety percent of the movies and TV shows that come out of Hollywood. Correct. So, so when you deal with these guys, you don't buy an individual movie or, or one show. What, what you do is, is either it's a package deal, what they call a package deal, yeah. or you do what's called an output deal, where I commit to you as a studio and say, okay, Lewis, everything you're producing for the next three to five years, I'll buy it. Wow. So, so it's you like have they're hedging their bets. That it, they absolutely. Because for every, you know, mega blockbuster movie, they're going to have a few flops, yeah. right? So you agree on a pricing model that if it's a mega blockbuster, it's this much. If it never makes it to the theaters, it's going to be this much. See, but, if, I, if I was a platform, let's say I was in your position, right. I probably wouldn't buy the new movies because I think a lot of people in streaming... Right. Watch like I, my wife goes to bed and watches Friends right. on, yeah. on Netflix, and I'm like, "What are you doing? Like, yeah. it's 25 years old now. But how many people yeah. go on and watch? Is that quite a big part of your business? Like, uh, absolutely. Look, shows like uh, The Office, yeah, right. Uh, it's 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 now almost 20 years old. Yeah. Um, we we had Friends did phenomenally well for our service. Big Bang Theory now it's been over for a few years, but people are crazy for it. Still number one show on our service. Um, so there's a little bit of both. So in, in our industry, you, you have two variables that you're managing. Uh, one is driving new customers. And second is uh, keeping the ones that you already have. So, so what drives new acquisitions and new customers is new TV shows and new movies. And, and the longevity and the consumption of a new movie is maybe two to three months. But then what keeps people coming back is the is the office and you know is the good doctor the house okay the you know seven or eight seasons and people just binge watch them and and uh and take their time so i need to finish this off then so now i've got my question off my chest i'm sure people watching this are going to want to know what i've just asked this gave a great answer to how films end up on netflix you launched the business you went with um your JVs with was was it with they say Etislat you were JV Etislat, yeah okay so you've JV you've launched it how have we got that to the level that it's got is that just getting more subscribers on board over a certain amount of period yeah so so um, so we started with um, you know an arm's length commercial relationship right 
And then um, it, it also goes to show you how they think, right? So they didn't decide to invest in us day one, right? So it's been seven years, one by one, they've been testing. So initially the, the relationship was, okay, whoever signs up for our service, your service, we'll do a revenue share on it. From there it grew to, okay, we'll take your product and we'll bundle it with our top tier customers. So yeah. then I get some guaranteed yeah. uh, revenue out of it. And then, so gradually they've been deepening the relationship and expanding it. And then I would say about a year and a half ago, we started to engage uh, on more strategic equity level discussion. I just can't believe, I mean, if I'm Etisland, I'll give you the dumb version of this from, from how I look at it. They must be looking at thinking these receiver boxes are gonna die. They're, they're, they're on their way yeah. out. I mean, I look how much I pay for Doom, and it is shocking how much I pay for the football the movies that I never watch. I just don't watch the movies. And I, I swear, if, I'm, if I put my if I put my finger on it and say how much I pay, I've got like 800 Mbps internet plus movies. It must be over like 900 dirhams a month. And then look at what I pay on a on a, on a level for like a stars player. What stars player month now? Yeah, it's 40 dirhams a month. So how do you you know these the receivers? They're gonna die out. Yeah. So look, I think what's happening is the whole industry is going through a, a shift. Um, you know, so if you take Sky's example in, in UK, yeah. right? So Sky is, is perhaps considered to be the most successful pay television in the entire world. Is it really? Uh, it, it really is. It's, it's phenomenal in terms of its success over the years. And it started with one or two channels, mostly on the news side, and then yeah. gradually it started to expand. And so, so, that, was, and, and so that was in uh, early 90s with yeah. the satellite... So, so that was perhaps the transformation of, of television from, you know, your BBC and ITV, three or four channels, to multi-channel, okay, all the sports you want, all the movies you want, hundreds of channels. So that transformation was, you know, at its peak perhaps in, the, in, in mid-2000s. Yeah. And then um, the internet, high-speed internet started to get introduced. And, and the quality wasn't quite so reliable, bandwidth was still low, people were still frustrated with the quality of movies and uh, the, the, way, the quality of streaming, I should say. And, and so fast forward to 2015 and 16, especially in the Gulf countries, in a country like UAE, the infrastructure, even in 2015, was, was amazing. So yeah, it was on it par is. with Western Europe. So, um, so that was really our business case that... that Everything that's happening in UK or US should happen in, in UAE and the Gulf countries because fiber is there, mobile broadband is there, affordability is there, the demand is there. It's just that the industry at that time, people like myself and, and my colleagues, we weren't, we were still living in denial thinking that, well, it's happening in UK or it's happening in the US, it won't happen here. At least it's going to take another six or seven I think years. there's a model around the world, and I think about this all the time. If I ever see a good business model, I don't step outside of property, very rarely outside of property, or its circumference that we deal with. But if I was a business person looking for new business, if you go and see what's happening in America or US, and it's not happening here... Right. You pretty much, if you get on it straight away and you innovate it, you can yeah. make you can make that business, can't you? Absolutely. I, I think it's. I in addition to innovate, I'll add one more word. It's it's localized. Yeah. I mean, you look at your business and just our ten minutes of talking. You know, there's there's so much localization you've done. Yeah. Right. You were telling me, hey, this is the greens team, or this is the yeah. right. So you've gone hyper localized. 
So, so, so it's the same idea. You, you can bring concepts from other parts of the world, but you gotta cater and localize to to the local. Um, and is that what you've done? Obviously, one of the press releases you put out there recently was talking about how you've dramatically grew your uh, subscribership in lockdown, post lockdown, and you took on new subscribers from different was it cricket that you went that's into correct. yeah that's give, give me a bit in, break down on that what happened there sure so you know we until about a year ago we were primarily entertainment yeah. so what that means is you know movies and tv shows uh, in in english arabic and uh, french language for north africa um in the beginning of uh, 2021 we we entered into sports so the first uh, sports content live sports uh, content we added was ufc so um, massive, by the way, massive. You know, they, they have one big fight every six weeks, and it's got a phenomenal following in this part of the world. So I want to ask about that. So UFC, one of the major growth factors that you've had as well as cricket. Yeah. So how do you go about two things? Obviously, UFC. I think I've got a UFC Arabia account at the moment. Yeah. That UFC Arabia account. I don't know what I pay for it a year. I can't remember off the top of my head. But I get all the fights when they're live. Right. So stars play, get all the fights. So it's the exact same content that you get on UFC Arabia. You get it as part of stars play. Really? Yeah. Okay. And yeah. how did that come about? Did you call Dana White and go, Dana, <laughs> what's going down? Stars plays here. Well, I think what's happening is um, um, brands that want to launch in this part of the world are realizing that uh, in order to access the masses, they'll have to go into 20 countries. Yes. And then monetization is difficult because outside of UAE, the credit card penetration is is low. Is it? Yeah, it's. Uh, what, what's that down to? So you know, Saudi is about thirty percent. You go to Egypt, it's less than five percent. Is that because they don't have credit cards, or because they don't? So want to so it's cards? it's a little bit of both. Uh, but um, you know, that's I I see the look on your face. But but that's the that's the real. So that's a good example of localization, yeah. right? Um, from, a, uh, from Western Europe or US point of view, having a credit card is the norm. I have four credit cards at 17. <laughs> the banks are calling me going, Lewis, do you want a credit card? I remember mum looked at this credit card. She was like, Lewis, is not your money. <laughs> so in England, it's a normal thing. They just throw money at you. Yeah. But here, I did a podcast last week and I was talking about it. We opened a new maintenance company and it took me six months to get a credit card for the maintenance company because they were like, yeah. It's a new company. I said, yeah, but I own the company. You can see the company. You can see the money in the bank. Yeah, but I don't think we can give it you. Why not? And I went for a process six months to the point yeah. where I said to the biggest bank in Dubai, I'm closing this bank out if you don't. And they sent me one a week later. <laughs> but yeah, so I do understand the pain of the credit card. And, and that's uh, that's in a in a financial system like UAE's, which is, you know, light ages ahead of some of the other yeah. countries in the region. So, so not having a credit card... Is, is a norm in most of the world. So yeah. you go to Egypt, Morocco, Algeria, Tunis, it's less than 5% credit card penetration. So what do you do there then? So what we do is we realize not everyone has a credit card, but everyone has a mobile phone. Ah. So we let them sign up uh, through a single mobile uh, and you charge phone, their bill. and then we charge their bill. <laughs> and, and that's a big differentiation against uh, Netflix because the global players see you know, um, see this part of the world from their lens, from their yeah. from their perspective. And and the reality is you go outside of UAE, the market is very, very fragmented. For Netflix, so you're saying like Netflix isn't everywhere. So Netflix is not in a, so Netflix does not offer a single uh, mobile payment yeah. in in any of the countries. You in think the they will? 
Well, they, they should, uh, but I think uh, it's not that they can't. Is it hard getting the money, though? Because obviously, I guess you're calling the, the let's say, do in Tunisia yeah. and going, hello, can you send my <laughs> £8, please? Like, is, well, no, it's, well, it's, it's more auto. I'm like you were saying, you know, yeah. the, we have APIs with their, okay. their, their billing systems, and luckily, I'm not making the calls, but the integration is, is complex. Yeah. So there's a technology element to it, but I think there's a significant commercial angle to it as well, right? It's, it's not... You know, because global platforms have this mindset that, you know, I'm, I'm this big global platform. Well, if you go to Saudi Telecom, but they're the AT&T of Saudi. So yeah. that's how they're thinking as well. And, and so, so, you know, it, it, takes, it takes a lot of uh, commercial work to get those deals done. And, um, and we've done 21 deals in the market. Have you just been all over the world doing these? Have you been? That's correct. I mean, uh, especially in, in the Middle East and, and Pakistan. So we have three operators that we're tied up with in Pakistan. So you take a country like Saudi, big country, we work with all three, Saudi Telecom, Mobile, and, uh, and Zane. There are three operators there. Okay. So do you think it's going to get more difficult for Stars Play and let's just take Netflix as an example because there's two angles that I'm looking at. First of all, uh, Disney Plus coming in, yep. which is massive because obviously it looks like they're going to suffocate the content of anything they've created, yep. whether that's Toy Story down to the Avengers. But also the other avenue that I think people are looking at is um, like Netflix for instance, are creating their own content, which is then taking... Uh, effectively, it's becoming a competition for their customer, isn't it? Because they're yep. now creating their own movies. So my question to you is... First question, Disney Plus coming to the UAE imminently, is that going to affect your business? Is it just more competition? Is it just putting more visibility on what you, your service is? Tell us, where's that going to... Look, um, so Disney, I don't... So they were uh, our partners okay. for almost uh, seven years. We, we just wow. removed their content uh, in, in December 2021. Um, so, so we've had their content. We love it. And we're very fortunate for seven years we had it. Is Disney Plus coming into the region an existential threat to us? Definitely not. Yeah. Um, because there's enough studios and enough content in the market. Um, you know, uh, so so for example, Grey's Anatomy is one of their top shows, and we right. had it and we loved it. We removed it. People switched to watching The Good Doctor, The House. Yeah. So there's enough content in the market. Um, so I don't see it as an ex- existential threat, uh, but it is increased competition yeah and what it does do is in perhaps increase because when you decrease the supply of anything yeah you know the prices go up so the good thing about when you get competition though, and this is business it makes you better absolutely I mean, it yeah. puts you on your toes sometimes yeah. when you're in business and things are going so well you you can get a little bit lazy do you know what I mean? i'm sure you've been there before it's like everything's going so well yeah. so you know, maybe that's... I haven't happened. had that luxury yet. Though. Oh, yeah. Well, you've been around the world and signed up these companies. So do you think the threat's also going to be for the suppliers, for, let's say, the Disney's, hypothetically? Because I think more people now watch Netflix than they do go to cinemas. Yeah. So if Netflix, as an example, or Stars Play, really start hammering home their own movies, yeah. do the films... Do the film company recognize this? Yeah. Well, like you said, you know, there are two types of businesses here, right? There's players like Netflix yeah. who do not uh, have a legacy business of theatrical movies. Correct. They don't have yes. linear channels. They don't have channels that they're broadcasting, right? And they don't have content that they're licensing to others. But big studios have these three revenue streams. So their market capitalization until 
like a year ago. It was crazy. Was crazy and was built on on these businesses, which are theme parks, movies, licensing to studios, and then licensing your content to players like OSN and, and Stars Play. Okay. So now they're sitting there and looking at Netflix's market cap and saying, hey, uh, how come these guys, which are simply virtual guys with no studio, nothing, doing so well? So because uh, we want to you know, transform our business and, and hence the reason behind. So in lockdown, I remember sitting in my house and we know when Dubai was in full lockdown mm-hmm. when, and I remember as soon as the world went into lockdown, I bought shares in Disney and everyone went to me, why are you buying shares in Disney? You stupid, the theme parks closed two years <laughs> and I knew the streaming platform was launching. Right. And so I knew what they were going to take all that. And right. that investment that I made sitting in lockdown, I actually bought into Amazon, Disney and something else. Um, and all of them, like the e-platforms just right. exploded. Everything right. did really, right. right. Absolutely. So the so anything digital did phenomenally well. And including so, you. Including us. So yeah. we, we grew in terms of consumption, yeah. in terms of how many people watch our service and how much they watch. We grew more in six weeks uh, from mid-March to April 5th, you know, because that was the yeah. peak of lockdowns, than we did in the last six years. That's crazy. Yeah. And it, it was, uh, in terms of consumption, it was it was a phenomenal period. You must be sitting us. at home with your pajamas on, just like, <laughs> what is going on? Everybody, what, you would love it. We, I bet you would love in lockdown, really. I bet you would like, stay a little bit longer. <laughs> well, it, for, us, for us, it was still a bit of a paradox, because on one hand, the product and the service is doing really, really well. Yeah. But on the other hand, we, we, we were a business that was still losing money. Yeah, and that's so, a tech business, isn't it? I mean, people yeah. don't understand tech. That's what it is, really, isn't it? Yeah, because you spend so much money on marketing and yeah. investing in market share. So on one hand, the business is doing really well. On the other hand, I didn't know how long these lockdowns were going to last. Yeah. And is the world going to be upside down in another year or two? If it is, who's going to fund us, right? So you've got this paradox of survival, but at the same time, you're doing phenomenally well. Um, so we're yeah, going, we're going through the same thing at the moment. So we've got a property portal called Hauser, right. and we've funded it, and we've gone through series uh, B funding at the moment. We've done that, and we're doing really well. But in a tech business, and I'm sitting uh, looking at this business online, and when I, the, the, the CEO presents it to the board members, I'm looking at things. Nothing like my business. My business, if I'm not making money, yeah. I'm pissed off. <laughs> yeah. This business, they're going, yeah, look at this, the growth. And I'm looking at it going, but that money's going down. <laughs> and it's, they're just completely different worlds apart, aren't they? Yeah, they are, but eventually every business has to make money. So even as a tech business, there's gotta be a path yeah. to uh, to profitability. And, and certainly after, you know, in the very beginning, you gotta establish those unit economics. So, so you can lose money overall, but each customer you're bringing in should be offsetting your bottom line, Correct. right? So, so, so the lifetime value of each customer or the lifetime value of each transaction, depending on what your business is, should still be positive. Definitely, yeah. I agree. And, and, and that, that's a lot of companies don't get. I mean, in the UK, there's an estate agency called Purple Bricks. Mm. Don't know if you know them or not, but they're- I've a, heard the name. Okay, so they're, they're, they're now officially the biggest estate agency in the UK. Their model was six hundred pounds. We would do the fee. We'll sell your house. Our average fee was like three thousand. In London, it can go to twenty or thirty thousand. They would yeah. six hundred pounds. My theory: if it's too cheap, at some point it will catch up with you. They've continued taking investment over the last seven or eight years, 
it's at the point now where they're now pulling marketing. I think investors are now worrying, can we reinvest? Because it's not making money. Right. At some point, it has to make money. So, yeah, it? eventually it has to make money. Are you, be are, you, are you in profit now? No, not yet. What, we, what, what years do you forecast for that? So we're about a year away. Okay. So we're close. Uh, the, the beauty about our business is, um, so when the log, at the peak of the lockdowns, yeah. uh, it was, I remember it was Q4 2020. Uh, because we weren't sure about how long the lockdowns were going to last yeah. and we had a certain amount of money in the bank and I wanted to make it last forever. Yeah. So we actually had a profitable quarter. And <laughs> sometimes the best way to uh, have a profitable quarter is just shut, shut down yeah. your marketing. Yeah, we, we were similar. I mean, similar, similar going through. I mean, you, you, we were doing exactly, we were just cutting the costs. Yeah. And uh, obviously, I don't think you can, to grow a business, you can't cut your costs. Yeah. But when you're in them environments, unfortunately, you've got to do what you've got to do. And it's yeah. the unknown, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. And that's what we did. And so we did have a profitable quarter. And then, um, uh, but then again, especially with sports, we launched a, uh, the Cricket World Cup, yeah. which did phenomenal for us. And, and, and those kind of events, you know, require... Are they long-term for you guys, the Stars play? Are they staying uh, with you? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So we, we had the T20 Cricket World Cup. And then uh, as soon as the World Cup ended, uh, we had the... We had the India-Australia series. Now okay. we have the Pakistan-Australia series. Why are you not getting the Premier League? Tell us why. Is it just <laughs> a billion quid to get it? It is uh, both the uh, Indian Premier League and the English Premier League. They're just... Uh, just impossible. No, just massive. Very expensive. Money. So who, who's bidding on that now? Is it Amazon? I think Amazon are on that, aren't they? So uh, BN has the, the rights to English Can you Premier. not get him with BN? Why can't you get him with BN? We try. Yeah, but they just won't have it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because they, they've made such a massive investment in sports. Yeah, they, of course. They, they want to monetize it themselves. And well, they are doing very well. They've got it on lockdown, really, haven't yeah, they? Yeah, just... exactly. They've, they've, but we are going, we're gradually going into uh, football as well. Okay. So, so, uh, so our best day in the company's history was India versus uh, Pakistan, the cricket match wow. during the World Cup. Our second best day was uh, UAE playing Lebanon in the in the FIFA uh, World Cup qualifiers. Goes back to localization, though, doesn't it? Goes it? back to localization, yeah. right? Question I've got for you then. So you say your best day, you're not viewership. Mm -hmm. If you get more views and more hours, you personally don't make more money though, do you? Yeah. So it's, it's, it's still the same. Even if you have like a thousand percent yeah. increase, it's good to celebrate it, but yeah. like, you, it's hard to like weigh yeah. up what the success it, is. Isn't it? <laughs> it's actually the opposite. So the more people watch, the more my variable costs because I'm paying more for. Is that what it is? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Fine. But but what that means is in the long run you have a satisfied customer yes. and you have an engaged customer and they're going to churn less. And that's number one, really. I mean, but if that's you get that, the customer, yeah. then you yeah. Can yeah. Find uh, and so so when I say our best days, I'm I'm referring to both new signups as well as people tuned into the service that day. Do we tell you what I think you're getting to next? This is massive, massive for me, and it's not being done. It's being done by Google at the moment, right? Um, and it's being done by a company called Navida, N-V-I-E-D-A, okay. uh, Cloud Gaming. Yeah. So Netflix are getting into it at the moment, yeah. but the, the amount of people that actually game and yeah. game on the go is crazy. So crazy. I, I've got Google um, Stadia, it's called. So Stadia invested yeah. into their own platform where they bought effectively the same thing as what we talked yeah. about in movies. So they had FIFA, there are all these games on there, they launch, you don't even need a PlayStation, you plug a USB in, you controller, and as long as the internet's good, in my house in London, the internet wasn't good, Stadia for some reason isn't here, uh, but in London, you just sit there like, oh my God, I am playing online via a cloud, it's crazy. Yeah. That for me is the next massive thing for streaming. I, I, I completely agree. So, so for us, there's... Uh, perhaps two or three growth trajectories. One is sports, yeah. one is uh, producing Arabic content, 
And the third is uh, gaming. Get me on the board for gaming. This is my thing. I'm sure we I'll can. do that. Come Let's on, mate. This is exactly, this is exactly <laughs> these lads who are on the podcast, they love the game as well. So we'll, get, we'll, we'll tell you which games to invest in. Let's we'll do be that. the testers for it. Let's do that. And I've got my two kids who are who are gamers as oh, well. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. It's, do you know what? When you were younger, it was like, oh, my God, people like gaming. They go, oh, you, you're a geek if you game. <laughs> yeah. Now all the footballers, no, so they literally t- take their yeah. place and they take them to the England camp and they just play FIFA. It's, it's a very yeah. different world that we live in. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so last two questions for wrap up. I'm very conscious that you're a very busy guy. No, no. Okay, worries. so if you were running your business again and you were starting it again, what would you do differently? Um, oh, there's so many things, Lewis. <laughs> <laughs> I can list many of that. Um, but, uh, you know, it's a fine balance. So one of the things for us was. Uh, getting that fine balance between perfecting the product yeah. and being out in the market and then optimizing it. And I don't think we necessarily have an answer for it or I have an answer for it, but if there's one area that I, w- uh, I would encourage entrepreneurs to focus on is finding that balance. Because sometimes you spend too much time perfecting it and, not, and then you miss the opportunity. Correct, right, Other right. times you, you launch a half-baked product that's not ready in the market and so I think we launched a little too soon. Okay. And it wasn't quite as... Uh, where you wanted it to be. Where I wanted it to be. So we had maybe four or five months where, before it got ready. Um, so that's one thing. Um, the, 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 the second thing, I, I think, um, as much as ambition is important, uh, patience yeah. is equally important. Um, as much as believing in your own ideas and conviction is important... Having that humility that I made a mistake. Yeah. Let's go back and tweak it. I think if you're the CEO, this is my theory with it. When things go great, you're not the reason it's a success. And if yeah. it goes wrong, you're the reason it. And you have to understand that being a CEO, you have to take the shit that comes on the table, don't you? Yeah. And a lot of people that run a business don't understand that. Like, yeah. you know, you are the reason it goes wrong and you have yeah. to accept that and deal with it. Exactly. And, and you got to have that uh, humility to go back and. Uh, I mean, we've, we've made several adjustments and tweaks over the yeah. years and we continued because there's when you're starting a new business uh, for a lot of these businesses there is no playbook Correct. right there is no cookbook that you can just follow yeah. and uh, and and so you're 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 adjusting and learning as you go so I think the ability to make mistakes but then retreat adjust go back is really important I was on stage with uh, Stephen Bartlett last week talking yeah. about uh, it's a guy from the diary CEO very nice guy he launched a company for $300 million. He's only about 27, 28, but he's really modern in tech. He's got a very similar mindset to how, how I operate. Just, I love the way he thinks. And one thing he said, and I thought, wow, that really resonates for how we operate our business. And he said that winging it is actually a good thing because what winging it does is it creates innovation. Yeah. It's not the playbook isn't there. <laughs> and you end up finding a solution yeah. that people maybe didn't know was there. So you know, obviously yeah. you have to have a strategy, but people don't actually believe this, but my business model doesn't go past three to six months. Yeah. I never do a plan past, because yeah. what I've learned is that three to six months, it can dramatically change. Yeah. So we'll go quarter to quarter, we'll put a model in place, a plan for that quarter, and then we'll push ahead with that. And I don't think it's possible to have a, a three-year plan unless you're in tech. I guess you must have a three-year plan. I mean, we uh, look, I, I couldn't agree more. Um, you cannot, uh, I mean, I... I the, the, it's my personal philosophy in life. Yeah. I mean, I I live for the next three or four months, and yeah. then everything else you just adjust as it goes. But but our business, yes, we have to have a long term plan. 
but our shareholders realize that it's it's subject to change and right. it will change yeah. and it will it will evolve um, you know in August we might get access to certain sports right that that I didn't plan yeah, for and so then it explodes then it explodes yeah. or, or I don't then I have to adjust for it so it's very difficult to plan long term uh, but it's perhaps more important to have a culture and a mindset of massive uh, adjusting I think the hardest when you have a business the revenue isn't actually what I'm looking at and it also isn't the training right hiring the right people is more valuable than anything else because if you hire yeah. the right people they come with the mindset the mentality right. hire the wrong people which I've right. done many times <laughs> yeah. it can change your whole business can't it it's, yeah. it's, it's yeah, I mean, look, both of our businesses are, at the end of the day, execution businesses. It's That's not it. like I came up with the, the next search engine, right? Yeah. It's not. And, and <laughs> But, but it's, it, it, it's, it's an execution business where our engineers are building this product where the experience has got to be good enough, where it's got to be on par with Netflix. The content's got to be good enough where it's on par with Netflix for us to even have which a Which it is. I'll be which, honest with which you. It I, mean, is. I, yeah. I was on it today and... You know, bravo to you and your Thank team. You. I mean, I used it. I went through it, and we talked about this off 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 uh, cam before. But we like frictionless. We like things. Yeah. You know, I went onto it, and it's just easy. You scroll through it, quick place. It has the Netflix experience, but yeah. the localized version of the it. Local, yeah, exactly. It's uh, yeah, and again, show me Netflix. Don't have UFC. Anyone who's watching this and you are based in Dubai and you want to watch UFC yeah. or the cricket, this is obviously the... And rugby. And we, the rugby. We had Six Nations as well and now we carry the golf channel as well. Oh, really? Yeah. It's massive. It's yeah. huge. Obviously, it's, uh, so we're expanding massive. the sports offering. Absolutely. Gaming next. Gaming next. <laughs> so the last question I'm going to leave you with, and this is for anybody that's a budding entrepreneur that wants to get to this phase where you are talking about the 400, 500 million potential unicorn company. I'm just going to put it out there. <laughs> yeah. Potential in five, three, four, yeah. five years. Okay, Mad Shake from Islamabad? Yes. Okay, fine. Moved here when? So you born here? So I was born in Pakistan. Yeah. Um, then my dad used to work in the 70s. Okay. So I, I moved to Dubai in 77. Yeah. Uh, I was seven years old at that time and then lived here for eight years. Okay. So you lived here for eight years. You worked here. You worked at OSN. I, I, came, I went to US, came back and okay. worked at OSN for 10 years. Then went to set up Stars Play. Yeah. Okay. My question I've got to you, and this is a massive one. Did or were you happier before you had a $420 million company valuation or were you happier chasing it? What, does, does, does money make you happy? Because you are the pinnacle now to someone <laughs> that's watching this. So I, I think... Um, uh, Yes, <laughs> I'm really happy. <laughs> no, no. So, I, but I was because you asked so many questions. I'm going to answer the first one, which is, which is uh, the the advice for the sort of budding entrepreneurs. Yeah, yeah. I, I think the, the one my one advice would be that you got to dig deeper and find why you're really doing it. And for some people, it is as simple as I want to buy a home for my parents. I want to do, <laughs> or, or I want to do this for my kids. Yeah. Someone wants just pure money, and, and and if it is pure money, then just make sure that is your deeper purpose. Yeah. Um. Uh. Because the journey is really, really hard. Um. And if if I do the math, you ask me, am I happier now or was I happier eight years ago? Yeah. Um. So if I do the math, I'm not sure I made more money in the last eight years had I stayed. And my previous yeah, job, and so it's. But what makes me really, really happy is walking into Your the office. company yeah. and walking the hallways and realizing that 
We built, built this from scratch. I look around just like, you know, you have all, uh, you know, all these colleagues working with you. I look around, um, have 100 people, 150 people working with us. And then I think about all the stories that are tied to each one of those people. Yeah. And, and so I, I see the impact our company is making. Uh, and that's, that's, that's very rewarding. Yeah. Or walking the hallways and feeling that this is something. We, we have the same and we have uh, all sorts of weddings in here. We must have 30 all sorts of babies in here. And, right. you know, every person started this journey. They've never met people in the company. Yeah. I've been to weddings in Ibiza, Lake Como, and these guys met here. Yeah. And, you know, there is a, a legacy that yeah, we're yeah. going to leave behind. And it's, yeah. you know, it's incredible. I think one thing I'll touch on from you, and this is for any entrepreneur watching, is that what they don't tell you in the playbook is that your goals change as you get older. Yeah. I mean, when I first set this business, I'll be brutally honest with you, I was here to be a millionaire. I was here to get rich, and that yeah. was it. That was what Dubai was about. And when I set the business up, it was about getting rich. And then when I started to make a bit of money, what I realized, I had I then found someone that I really loved and wanted to get married to. I got married and then I had kids. And then all of a sudden, my mindset is never yeah. doing money. It's, okay, my business, it's about yeah. the customers, and then what I'm doing yeah. is a legacy for my children. Yeah, Life changes, doesn't it? Life changes, absolutely. And so... To your example, in, in my 20s and early 30s, um, working in San Francisco in Silicon Valley, I, I did two startups. I wasn't the CEO, but I was early enough and I went through two startups and, and with reasonable success, uh, but I wasn't the CEO. So, so I had this in me, this bug in me that, uh, that I want to do this. But then when you're young, you, you take things for granted. And, and so I was in my late 20s and one of the companies went public and, you know, I, the stock did great. And I'm like, why are people worried about retirement and yeah. long-term planning? I'm in my 20s and doing this great stuff. But then it took me another 15 years to get a chance to do another startup. So so when, when you do get this opportunity, and, and so for me, like you said, exactly like you said, you know, things change. Yeah. And so f when I turned 45, for me, it was a bit of a midlife crisis that what am I doing? You know, <laughs> and so I, I started a company. <laughs> but, oh, wow. Yeah. But uh, but things change, you know, your objectives change. Yeah, no, I agree. So anyone watching this again, money doesn't make you happier. I think we can agree that. I mean, <laughs> yeah. people have this conception where if you've got money, okay, if you drive a nice car, once you've drove it three or four times, it just becomes a car. If we're both sitting having steak and I've got 100 million pounds in the bank and you've got one pound in the bank, if we're eating steak, it tastes the same. Yeah. Our water's the same. Like when you wake up in the morning tired, you're still tired no matter what bedroom, but yeah. people have this concept that yeah. life is just so much better when you're at that level. I think the safety is good. I, of course. Yeah, that, that safety net is good. But after a certain point, after you've established that basic safety, yeah, uh, the incremental or the marginal benefit starts to wane very quickly. It's the I'd say once you've got three to six months of life in your bank account, like you could live exactly the same life. Someone's got a million pound in the bank and yeah. someone that's got nothing because yeah. what do you do? Like people don't understand the concept. Like what do you do? Like I still shop at Zara. Yeah. I still, I, you know, if I buy some nice trainers from somewhere designer, that's different. But. No, I don't, nothing really tickles my fancy. I don't, people think that if you make this money, you just, <laughs> yeah. I don't know, you're just going to, you know, Louis Vuitton just comes on, <laughs> comes on your clothes, yeah. you know. It's just, it, making money is there for yeah. me to do things with, i.e. business things, to yeah. grow the business. And that's yeah. my hobby, really, yeah. in, in terms of that. And, and you're building it for your next generation as well, right? Correct. So, So that's, in a generational business, 
that's really important. And we right? have fun. I think that. Yeah. I think I, I, I like growing. I'm sure you the way you talked a minute ago. I love my business. Right. You know, if someone comes to buy my business, that I wouldn't sell it. Yeah. Even if someone put you know two hundred million dollars on my head right this second. Right. Because what would I do? Like, it's, this is what I like growing businesses. I like seeing people's journeys. I like building tech. I love yeah, testing. Yeah. I love failing. Right. And the amount of times we failed in technology and then it, we've retried it and got yeah. it good. So, yeah, I mean, it's interesting. But thank you very much for coming thank today. You, I think you're probably our number one success story we've had <laughs> so far on the podcast. And you are I the number one. Um, you are officially the fastest growing entertainment platform in the UAE. So uh, thank you very much for coming on. Thank you very much for watching. Please subscribe, download Stars Play Arabia. Is that what it is? Stars Play. Stars Play. Stars Play. Download it. See the UFC content. Golf. Box. Boxing. We got boxing. Boxing. We had a few events. Yeah. Boxing. uh, Cricket. Yeah. And most importantly, uh, Peppa Pig. (laughs) Thank you, guys. (laughs) Cheers. Thank you. Bye.